Hey, Mark. Hey, John. It's uh, kind of dark in here. Uh, let's, uh, let's turn the lights on. Hey, this is an IPA. <laughs> let's get after it. Welcome to Driftless Drinks. My name is Mark. My name is John. And today on the Driftless Drinks podcast, we have a black IPA. John, would you like to tell us about this one quickly? So this is a sublimely self-righteous black IPA by Stone Brewing. It has the characteristics of an IPA and of a dark beer all in one. And... uh, I think after we uh, crack this bad boy open, we'll dive into a little bit more about what this is all about and see if what they say and what we experience are one in the same. Gotcha. Yeah. So real quick, black IPAs uh, hopped like an IPA, but uh, a toasted dark malt. I'm thirsty. Should we get it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am too. All right. No more, no more goofing around. Let's pop uh, the top of this. Let's bad get right boy. into this. You ready? Three, two, one. All right. Oh, there goes the cap on the floor. Oh hey, no, it's on my written. chair. Cool. Hey, there's something written inside the cap. I'll look at that later. Oh, All dude. right. Let's pour her out here. And I don't know if should we be heavy with this pour. Uh. How about you? You maybe and me. Okay. Okay. I'll. I'll go a little harder. Oh, you know. Ooh, wow. Okay. Whoops. Slow down. I, I didn't even rough this one up, and I got a solid three-quarter inch ahead on it. So the answer to that question, John, was no. <laughs> no. I learned that as I had to. Uh, I had to do that. Look, there should be a name for that where you have to, like, you know. I'm not gonna say it, but when you have to <laughs> kind of slurp a little bit off the top. I was gonna say something about head, and no, not gonna happen. Yeah, gotta right, get the I nose. Gotta, you gotta get the nose broom out. <laughs> sweep off the broom. top layer. It's the whole reason we have mustaches, right? That's there. right. Nose broom, top layer, then pour the rest. <sighs> yeah, you you do have a massive <laughs> amount of bubbles on top of this. I, I do. That's a good. That's a good three inches. That's a three to four fingers of. Yeah, foam. that's oh yeah, that's three fingers of foam right there. It's on a tulip glass too, so that you know that kind of brings stuff in. So if you're a little off on your pour, then yeah, you start running out of room quick. So now we're back from the Instagram picture. All right, yeah, I have, we, I, we took I a hiatus up to the uh, Instagram picture bluff. Went for a little hike. <laughs> All right, so now this this thing is really settling down into a lovely. Uh, what, what, how would I describe this? It's a very fine, uh, carbonation ring at the top of this beer. And it kind of like the way I poured it, it looks a little bit like a spiral galaxy from the top. It's really neat looking. Hmm. Mm. I still have a substantial amount of head on mine, but not so much that that I couldn't drink through it. So I'm going to stick a nose in it and hopefully the foam doesn't get in the way here. Hmm. Yeah. That was a lot. Fru- that was a lot fruitier than I thought it was going to be. It certainly is. A little piney too. Mm-hmm. Hops come right to the forefront here. That's so. a fun sweetness coming off of it too. So I know from the style that there there can be like a uh, kind of a pine resin that comes along with this. 
Mm-hmm. Usually it's on the tongue. But you know how pine has like a sweetness to it too? I'm that's sitting in there. It's not like juniper or something, but Yeah, I'm I'm really just pulling that piney hopitude. Nah, yeah, I'm getting I'm getting a little bit uh, the sweetness is. Gotcha. And maybe it's just because it, it's it, you know, I introduced so much air to it that I'm getting a different <laughs> It's like I could have stuck a bicycle pump in it and gone, you know, gone to town on that. I don't know what that means, but I could, you know, have punched a bunch of air into that and it wouldn't have got any frothier than that. Hold on. Let me plug in the air compressor. (laughs) Got to oxygenate this baby. Okay. So now that the head's kind of dissipating, I'm getting the the pininess is coming up. Yeah. It's pininess. Much more prevalent. Yep. Maybe a touch of like grapefruit or something, a little bit, but it's to me, it's very hop forward. I'm not catching any of the sweetness you're getting out of it yet on the nose, okay. but we did give it two vastly different pours here. So I wonder how that's going to, if that affects the flavor. We haven't done a scientific test to see if a hard pour would affect the flavor. We knew mm-hmm. it was going to affect the nose. How do we get right. a scientific test out of that? We just have to drink a lot of beer and try it in different ways. Oh, yeah. Well, then it's scientific. Oh, you know what? Hey, we got to pause this again real quick. Go for it. I'm going to be right back. Okay. Mark has left the room and left me to my own devices. I now have the full run of the studio and can do whatever I please. Normally, that would involve taking off shoes and socks, but the weather's a little cold, and I can't really feel the heater because it's on his end of this call. Um, so I will remain fully clothed and sitting in my chair, patiently waiting, uh, staring at a beer that I cannot yet drink, which on the one hand is a terrible travesty, but on the other hand, actually perhaps heightens the, uh, anticipation and perhaps, nay, I say the flavor of the beer. He's back. I'll talk to you later. Speaking of science, one of the things I wanted to start doing when we taste beers, two things. Number one, at some point we'll keep track of when we pour the beer and how we drink through it. I would like to keep Mm -hmm. track of that. But the other thing, instant read thermometer. Yeah! So at the time of the pour, I have 53 degrees. Okay. So out of the bottle... We'll start this thing off at 53 degrees, and we'll see where we get to as we drink through it. We'll give updates as we uh, experience different things, perhaps, on the way through the beer here. Now, remember that number for later, because I think that's going to be significant, the 53. Okay. We have material to read. That's what I'm saying. That's this, and, and one of those is the drinking preferred drinking temperature of this. Oh, bottle. does it have it on this bottle? <clears throat> it doesn't have it on the bottle, but it has it on some of the uh, stuff I've researched. Because, you know, I didn't just read the bottle. I can't just do that. Right. But, you know. John scours the end of the earth for every piece of information <laughs> on every beer that we try here at Driftless Drinks. And I ignore everything that doesn't agree with my original concept. Right. That's what we do as non-scientific dudes that drink beer. Okay, so we got 53 degrees. We've talked about the nose. I think we got to go in for the taste, man. Yeah. Get your pull. All right. Here we go. 
Mm. This is really good, but it's taken me two different directions. Instantly, that hop note that I was smelling on the front end, that pininess, mm-hmm. and I don't know what type of hops are in here. Maybe we'll find out in a minute. But it's a very classic IPA kind of taste, right? It's a... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little earthy, bitter, and it's got that piney dankness to it, right? A little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But then the malt goes kind of yeah. the other direction. So when you said you were picking up a bit of sweetness on the nose, I can mm-hmm. taste a little of that sweetness in this beer. But there's also a, a bit of a dry, bitter note to uh, the malt. So it's really interesting. It's converging and then kind of separating and two directions but the thing is is it doesn't seem like unbalanced or weird like it's two very separate beers it seems like it's a beer that kind of goes two different ways that's Mm -hmm. first impression well i and i i completely agree with you the um the sweetness is actually kind of broken out for me now and i'm getting a couple of different things now the aftertaste of it the finish is bitter Yep. Like, I mean, just a straight IPA that, you know, like, um, just the word dank is just all over this for the finish for me. It's just immediately, it's that bitterness. It's that, that kind of like tongue pinching little, yep. little bit, but you know, not, not in an unenjoyable way, but the, the top notes on this, uh, I'm, you know, there's a, there's a chocolateiness to it. There's a little bit of chocolate in there. I'm actually getting a little bit of like a, uh, a dried cherry is just in the background of this okay. for me. Um, not getting anything rich. Nothing like, you know, fig or anything like that. But that sweetness is coming off as, a, as kind of a a dark, fruity sweetness for me. I'm almost getting like a... Hear me out on this one. It's almost like a mm-hmm. dark rye bread. So there's like a hint of like that bready sweetness, but it kind of goes like dry and a little bitter right 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 there's a lot to this this isn't this isn't super simple when you talk about how some of these have so this style uh uh real quick we should go we'll talk about we'll talk about the the beer and uh, packaging and stuff like that this style was introduced in um stone's 11th anniversary which is back in 2007 and so they released this this was like the first time it was released um, if you um, if you go by just their top end kind of their their top level uh, promotion of the beer, then oh well, then we decided to bring it back for January of two thousand one. Well, you a- they actually released it in two thousand nine and two thousand sixteen, and so they've tried it different times, and every time they've introduced it, it's been uh, requested by the uh, by the fans. Interesting. So, so yeah, I, I, we'll see. Dude, the carbonation on this thing. Just look at the lacing. Yeah, it's crazy because once this settled down to that same light <laughs> galaxy head that that uh-huh. you have, it 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 doesn't go away. It's yeah, it really sticks. I like it. I like uh-huh. that visually. It's pretty amazing. Um, while we're chatting through here, I would like to go around the bottle real quick. Oh, please do. This is the uh, Stone Sublimely Self-Righteous Black IPA, bringing that back. Let's see here. It is 8.7% alcohol by volume, 12 fluid ounce bottle. And I turn the bottle around. 
It says, Stone Sublimely Self-Righteous Black IPA. First brewed briefly in 2007 as Stone 11th Anniversary Ale, this beer was an instant hit. We loved everything about it and missed it terribly when it was gone. So after long months full of serious jonesing, I see what they're doing with the dank reference there. We brought it back full-time as Stone's sublimely self-righteous Black IPA. Had a great run, but eventually Black IPAs fell out of favor. <laughs> I think we just touched on that, too. And yeah. this dark, <laughs> this dark, dank beauty headed to retirement. Alas, such are the vagaries of craft beer. Cure return of the serious jonesing, like really serious. These guys, <laughs> man, they're just jonesing for jonesing, man. Uh... I lost my place. This is tiny print oh, in this bottle. On a it nearly, is. Yeah, on a nearly daily basis since then, our fans have reminded us of the indelible impression this beer left on them. So, an acknowledgement of all the righteousness still in the world, in this beer, and in your impeccable taste, we offer it up once again with its original artwork by Edison Ruiz, who also contributed to our Stone IPA guest art series. Be forewarned, this is a limited re-release. Enjoy ah. now. Jones later. Remind yourself it's better than none at all. Or better yet, surprise the hell out of us and buy the crap out of this release, forcing us to bring <laughs> it back once again. We won't complain. At least they're honest about it. Yeah. You know, you want to be up front with your with your customers. But I will this is mouse text. I mean this is this is on par with New Glarus. I they they have the same copywriter as New Glarus, I think. Well, yeah, I mean they print half a friggin' novel on the back of this thing. Uh, yeah, you know. Which, you got something to read while you're waiting for the head to go down. Yeah, right? Waiting to chew through this thing at nearly 9%. Oh, if yeah. you want to reach out to them, it's stonebrewing.com forward slash sublimely at mm-hmm. stonebrewing for the tweets. Now, they do have, I did, oh, so the bottle cap, besides having the oh, logo yeah. for uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and they're at Stone Brewing, um, says, leave no stone unturned.com. Now, the interesting thing about this, I, I bought some from Stone when they first started this campaign and went, what the heck? Why are all my Shoka vases upside down? Right. And then I went in and found out why they're doing this this promotion. And I actually, I applaud them for it um, because it's it's eye-catching. Certainly and is. And it seems really cool. So, Mark, what I suggest we do is take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about uh, uh, the, the style of black IPAs. Uh, not too much. And then we will see what the temperature is and have another sip and see if it's, uh, see if it's holding up after sitting around a little bit like a, uh, like a heavy beer would. What do you say? Groovy. Let's do it. All right, well, welcome back to Driftless Drinks. We took a little pause for the cause there. John, do you want to explain to us like uh, what uh, what a black IPA is? Sure. So a black IPA is made a lot like a normal IPA, except that uh, the addition, one of the additions they do for malt is to use what they call a carafe malt, which is basically a dehusked dark malt. And what that does is it adds a bunch of the color. So you get kind of that, as you hold it up to a light, you kind of, you can up to a strong light, you'll get just a little bit of a redness out of it. 
And uh, and that's actually kind of the same thing that you'll get uh, from a from like a Doppelbach. They'll have a red color to them. They get that from a different source. They don't get it from mm-hmm. from a carafe. But basically, you make an IPA. You use this on this dehusked dark malt, and you get those characteristics. So that's kind of the idea. Now there have been black IPAs since um, at least the 1800s. Wow. But they weren't necessarily yeah, and they weren't necessarily called that. Uh, but when you read up on the flavor profiles of some of the some of the recipes that were back that came from back then, uh, they would have had some of that rich darkness to it, but really the top hoppiness to it. So it's it's an old style. And what's interesting is that not back, the beer old style. It's an old no, style the, of beer. Yeah, <laughs> not that, fully croissant. It's a big distinction there <laughs> you know friends don't let other friends croison themselves all right uh um so Croizen, damn near Croiz- killed them <laughs> that's sorry that's really bad no no that's really great i love it no that's good um as we're talking about this at the at the first half of 2000 uh, of 2021 i was looking for other black ipas the only one I found that is in production at this moment, uh, at least that we can get hold of anywhere close to where we are in the Driftless area, is Hoppy Feet by by Clown Shoes. Um, there've been oh, yeah. other ones out there, like you know Banjo Cat, which comes from One Barrel Brewing Company out of Madison. There's um, they're out of Madison, right? And uh, there are some other ones that were kind of closer to home that had it but don't have it. Sierra Nevada had one. Uh, there apparently was an imperial version that Voodoo Ranger came out with a while ago. I'd love to f- that to come back so I could try it. Um, but it's one of these things that kind of ebbs and flows in the industry. So it's it's yeah. nice that Stone has this that we can try it. Yeah, I know uh, New Glarus went through their Black IPA phase too with uh, uh, Black Top. I think yeah, that's what Black it was. Top. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's a little bit about the Black IPA. It's still it's kind of a work in progress. <laughs> It's been since the 1800s, but it's a work in progress as, yeah, as far as the industry is concerned. And it doesn't like, so the history of it is kind of interesting, right? But it just seems like with every brewery that we've come across, it's like everybody has had one at some point, but yeah. few of them keep them in production. Like it's, I wouldn't say it's trendy, but it's kind of like the McRib, you know? <laughs> Like you have one of them every year and you remember why you love them and you remember why you don't want to have one for another year. Yeah. I, I'm but, not entirely sure that more than a six pack of any individual brewery's black IPA is any more than I need. So Yeah, kind of law of diminishing returns. Although I've just taken another sip out of this one. Oh, I'm this going is easily the best black IPA I think I've had. Um, and it, there's a couple things now that are creeping into it and I'm running my thermometer back in here and we're right about 60 degrees now. Oh, cool. Um, and we're probably 25 minutes in from when we cracked it. Uh, Mm -hmm. it, there's like a hint, there's a hint of like a dark, coffee roast in here yep i get that and 
the the hoppiness is starting to subside a little bit, and I don't know if it's because my palate's getting used to it as the beer goes on, or if it's because it warm it's warming up a little bit, and the malt's showing up a touch more, or both. The very bitterness at the back end of the hop note is starting to dissipate a little bit, and it's starting to actually clean up like really nicely. Mm-hmm. So, I guess it, it, without being overly descriptive, it went from being a touch cool at the beginning and a little bit bitter to now being quite drinkable for almost 9%. And for the <laughs> style of beer, it's kind of uh, also interesting to me. And I understand why people, when they do limited runs, would want them to bring it back on occasion because this is a kind of unique take on the style out of the ones that I've had and definitely deeper it's really hard to pin my finger on what's going on here, but I like I like it. So that's <laughs> bottom line. Basically, yeah. the last three minutes of rambling is that it's 60 degrees now, and I like it. <laughs> but they really I, nailed the friggin' carbonation on this. That's well done. For me, the cleanup is still quite bitter. And actually, I think that the bitterness of, of the end... The, the after is really um, sharp for me. Now, that doesn't mean I don't like it. I mean, that, that just speaks to me of IPA. Yeah. Um, you know how double IPAs, they clean up to me. This one just kind of keeps that, that, that stiff note in there. But you're right. As it's warming up, it, it gets more of the, more of the sweet, more of the coffees coming through. Um, Though the website, uh, which I I'm, I'm happen to be gla- uh, gazing at, uh, stonebrewing.com, um, they're, they're talking about um, a dark and milk chocolate. I get no milk chocolate out of this. Wow, orange, really? Ra- milk chocolate? Yeah, that's what they say. They talk about orange and raspberry. Okay, raspberry maybe because you get that dark fruit. They talk about pine resin. That's all over this thing. Yep. Uh, without being uh, so pine resin, usually when you get that, it's it's more in the nose than in mm-hmm. the palate, and I'm getting this more in the palate than on the nose, which is kind of weird. Um, and then they talk about tropical fruit with hints of coffee, and I think that the coffee is far more forward than some of those other flavors. Their palate, though, they're saying it's a medium body with solid bitterness and a nice uh, dry character on the finish, and I fully agree with that i think that it is a medium body there is a lot of there's a solid bitterness and the and the drying character is is all over yeah that that finish definitely um i would never would have gotten milk chocolate or raspberry out of this i can see the orange note as more like an orange rind you know like okay. there's definitely a citrus note with the hops in there but it, to mm-hmm. me it comes off more like a rind than than an actual fruit for drinks that have devils on them because that's the other thing the artwork the artwork on this is a a demon or a devil usually when you have uh something that's hellspawn on the label you know you're kind of iffy but stone's got him as a mascot so in this case it's well done artwork uh it's interesting that they use a black white and blue theme to it yeah, what's with it that? Makes it makes it stand out. I like it because I like the 
the sticker is like clear on it. Yeah, that is kind of cool that you can see through the label. Yeah. We can go on about packaging, but we've had well-packaged beers that tasted like crap, so. It's true. Doesn't tell you a whole lot. Not always. No. Sometimes it tells you very little. Sometimes it tells you that some places have a killer marketing department, and that is all. Mm. Man, 2021 hasn't gotten off to a great start with beer, but this is a step in the right direction. Significant I, step in the right direction. I agree. We, we've we been throwing ourselves some softballs, though, I mean, with, with some wow. of the beers that we've been doing. So, you know, just because we had weird experiences in last year, um, which might be our fault. Honestly. Well, one of them was. One my of them fault, was. for sure. Yeah. Episode 208 was not our fault. No. <laughs> so if that... you listen to episode 208, you know that wasn't our fault, no matter what the guy at the brewery said. I I <laughs> I have a rebuttal video for that too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go in and edit. Which is a which is a good uh segue. Make sure that uh as you're listening to us uh that, you know, first of all, Thank you for listening. Second of all, please make sure that you subscribe so that you can get these as they come through. Um, we'd love to tell you exactly when these are going to come out, but we can't. So Top <laughs> if you're subscribed, shit. yeah, if if you're subscribed, you'll get them as they come through. Uh, make sure that you hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, say hi. We love it when you guys say hi, and um, be sure to check out the YouTube channel. Uh, just go to YouTube, search search for Driftful Strengths, you'll find us. Um, we also put, not, not only do we put these podcasts up there, but we have videos that we put up and, uh, we go a little bit deeper into some stuff with even a shorter time frame than we're using here. So, yeah. So that was Sublimely Self-Righteous Black IPA from Stone Brewing. Uh... Final thoughts, Mark? Good. I like it. This thing is a roller coaster between a, a touch of like chocolatey malt, like a bitter chocolate malt, um, with a touch of sweetness. And I still kind of got that rye bread thing a little bit in my mind. Between that and like dank hops, uh, grapefruit and orange rind, like it really came in waves for me. It was up and down um, between those kind of two very different paths but all made for a good experience as a beer together so i can understand why they keep re-releasing this every few years i would also say that as a drinker i would probably only seek it out every now and again it's a it's a very unique taste a very unique beer it's not a pounder it's like a one and done but uh I enjoy what it brings to the table, and it's it's probably the best example of a black IPA that I've had to the, this point. So, I, f- I fully concur. I think that if you are hanging out with friends who are big into IPAs and you want to sip on something for a little bit longer uh, than an IPA normally would and you want something a little more dynamic, this is a really good way to go. And if you haven't tried a black IPA before, this is definitely the one to try um i think it will set the bar pretty high for any other black ipa you have in the future so uh absolutely thanks for having one thanks for having one with me mark appreciate it Ah, hey man thanks for drinking with me it's always a pleasure
Cheers. Driftless Drinks Studio Recording, courtesy of HPJ Studios in Tomo, Wisconsin. Be sure to subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts, and like us on Facebook and Instagram, where we feature each episode's brews a week or so ahead of time. Visit us at driftlessdrinks.com where you can comment on each episode and drink along with us on the Driftless Drinks YouTube channel. And so that does it for another edition of Driftless Drinks. Uh, My name is John. My name's Mark. And uh, hey, don't forget, keep a cold one handy for us. Cling. Mark, I thought, with your permission, and the permissioner of the the permissioner, the permissioner, we're gonna start that again. Permission me. Permissioner, permission, permissionist. Permissionista. <laughs> permissionista. <laughs> but I tell you, I feel like I could float a quarter on that. You wanna try? No. Okay. Yeah, we've I been through wanna... that before. It... Yeah, I don't put change in my beer. It never works out like you think, and it hurts twice. (laughs) So, I am related to Robert Goulet. I drank seven of these before breakfast. What's your problem, son? Come on and bring your jukebox money!